Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. Championship team. The following is a presentation of Treasure Island Baseball Network. Before a celebration like this, and the 2 0 pitch, he swings and hammers. Left field and deep. Open up the gates, we're going home. There are key decisions made every day throughout the organization and on the diamond. This is the show that gives you inside access to everything surrounding your favorite team. It's Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Here's your host of Inside Twins, Corey Provis. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. A beautiful Sunday here in September at the ballpark. Twins and the Indians set to wrap up this series. Final game of this 10-game homestand coming up. The pitching matchup will feature Jose Barrios for the Twins and Corey Kluber opposing for the Indians. I'm Corey Provis. We welcome your questions today. You can reach us in two ways, via email, InsideTwins at TwinsBaseball.com, or via Twitter, hashtag InsideTwins. And our guests on the program on this Sunday afternoon, we welcome in the interim GM of the ball club. We say good afternoon to uh, Rob Anthony. How are you? I'm doing well, Corey. How about you? I'm doing fine. Nice to visit with you, even more so after a win. Last night in 12, Joe Maurer delivering, how about this, his second ever walk-off hit isn't that hard to believe as many hits as this guy has and and uh is is important of a player we were talking about that last night trying to figure out how in the world that could only be a second one and i think part of it has to do with teams pitching around him and him willing to take the walk and not get himself out and there's probably a lot of factors that go into it but it's still unbelievable were you surprised that they did pitch to joe last night i was a little surprised after the the balk moving dozier over i thought they'd rather pitch to the rookie polanco but uh, they decided to challenge Joe, and he, he took care of it. You know, kind of lost in the win last night was the performance from Hector Santiago, who went seven innings, gave up one run. Uh, looked a little shaky early in that game, but after the second, uh, he was great. You know, it's similar to his last start where he, he got off to a little bit of a rough start, and then we scored some runs, and he just put the game away at that point. A uh, couple starts ago, he, he pitched extremely well, didn't give up anything to Cleveland, and we weren't able to score any runs, so... Uh, he doesn't have a lot to show for it, but his last three outings, his ERA, I believe, is about one eight nine, and he's pitched very well. Has he been the guy that, that you guys scouted and saw with the Angels back in July these last three turns? Yeah, and I think the big difference uh, from his first four starts with us is he's pitching like he did. He's just being aggressive. He's attacking. He's using his pitches. He's not worrying about trying to throw every pitch for a strike. He's trying to... Uh, trying to get hitters out and really competing, and, and it's working for him. And also, I, I think, lo- hopefully he doesn't get lost in the win last night. 
the bullpen has been beat up a lot here of late, Rob. But the last, you know, two or three games in this series, this young, young bullpen featuring so many rookies has performed quite well. Yeah, they have, and, and it's it's fun to see. It's exciting to see. Shagwa, who had a good outing, came back, backed it up last night, got his first major league win. I know that's exciting for him, for anybody. And Ryan O'Rourke, but you're right, up and down the line, guys have come in and just done the job, and, and it's it's encouraging to see. The names that we see in the bullpen now, if we would have visited this topic back in April, whether it was Wimmers and, and Pat Light wasn't with the team, but you know Wimmers and, and Shagwa and O'Rourke, and, and I know Ryan had some experience last year, but the amount of different personalities and arms we've seen in the bullpen, would that have surprised you with how many guys have thrown for the big league club this season? Yeah, because everyone you just talked about was Rochester's bullpen. Yeah. So that was not something we envisioned. Uh, there were a lot of things that didn't go the way we anticipated this season, and the bullpen is certainly one of them. Um, you know, Ryan Presley's kind of been a, a guy who has, you know, from the start consistently been one of our better guys out of the pen. But Trevor Mays dealt with some some uh, setbacks with injuries, and and Tonkin has has been a little hit and miss and inconsistent. But um, other than that, we've we've shuffled a lot of names. You know, Jepson early after after Perkins got hurt. He wasn't able to back up what he did in 2015, and that kind of really was a trickle-down thing. And, and, you know, Brandon Kinsler is a guy who's really stepped up, been a veteran, and we put him in that closer role, and he has the makeup. He's not afraid. He goes in and, and challenges, and he's been a, an important piece for us out in that bullpen. Yeah, Buddy Boucher is in that group, Taylor Rogers in that group. Rogers, for the first time, too, it is a different role. A guy who's, who has spent the bulk of his professional career as a starter, this has been pretty new to him. It is. It, it has been. And to be honest with you, Corey, when, in the off season when we were putting what we thought what the bullpen was going to look like, we had a bod from the left side along with Rogers. Uh, both Terry and I both believe that this guy was going to be able to handle that. He was going to excel in this role. So that's one of the few things this season that's kind of gone according to plan. You know, he, he didn't pitch well in spring training. Out of the gates, he was throwing 89. And now you can see he's 93-94 with a, a good curveball hard, sharp curveball that he can use to both right-handers and left-handers. and um, But he's really come on, and you're right. I'd, I'd be remiss not to mention Buddy Boshears because he's another guy. He, Kinsler, we've had a number of guys, Juan Centeno, uh, Robbie Grossman, they were all signed to minor league contracts. And if you're a six-year free agent and you're looking for an opportunity, I'm not sure why you wouldn't want to be a part of this organization because we give opportunities and, and uh, guys have had – when they've gotten them, they've taken advantage. Do I have it right that uh, that Brad Style was was pitching Rogers to you and even Terry last summer during the contending season about, hey, here's another left-handed arm to consider for your bullpen? Does that go back even to last summer? Yeah, absolutely, Brad. Brad, and you know what? We all kind of identified it, but one thing you really try and do, and we've always done with Taylor Rogers, is we were trying to get him to develop his changeup. If you have a changeup, you have three pitches. We he needed something for right-handers. Um, and, and that still may be the case, but um, he's a guy that you never want to give up on a starter until you have to because if you if you have a guy who can go out and give you six, seven innings as opposed to coming in for an inning, that's much more valuable. But when you can be as dominant as he's been from the left side, um, that definitely is an important role on your club as well. All right, we'll take a break, come back, and we'll continue some of our conversation about some of the minor leaguers, including James Beresford, a memorable night for the Aussie last night. His first start, picked up his first big league hit. We'll get Rob's thoughts on James and more coming up. Inside Twins continues next on your home for Twins Baseball. 
This is the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back. Inside Twins continues. Twins and the Indians coming up about an hour from now. Chris's pregame show follows us at 12.30. Then game three, Jose Barrios and Corey Kluber, the pitching matchup here today. Alongside Rob Anthony, I'm Corey Provis, and a nice night for the team, but also for one individual, James Beresford in particular, Rob, after a lengthy, lengthy minor league experience. He got his first chance at a big league game last night. His family here, uh, his brother, his girlfriend, and he made the most of it. He made the most of it, and he got to experience the great fans that we have here who acknowledge that with a standing ovation. And I mean, he had a half-standing ovation with his first plate appearance when they announced it was his major league debut. I couldn't have been happier for him. This is a guy who has worked so hard and makes the most of his abilities. He's a good baseball player, and we saw that last night. He made some tremendous plays in the field. When he was asked to, he got a bunt down. He gets his first major league hit. It couldn't have been a better night. We ended it with a win so he could really, truly enjoy it. Now, Brian Dozier joined us in the postgame show, and he admitted to us flat out that he got pretty emotional just watching James uh, on base, getting that first big league hit. Dozier and Beresford roomed together in the minor leagues uh, many years ago. And that emotion kind of carried into the clubhouse as well. Paul talked about that after the game. For for people that have watched him throughout his minor league career, was there that emotion in your booth last night? Yeah, there was. I'll be honest with you. When I went down to congratulate him when he came up on Tuesday, I was excited. I mean, we, we talked about a few stories. I, I had been over and I scouted him when he was in Australia. Howie Norsetter, our scout over there, was, was really excited about him. I went over and saw some tournaments and I saw him play and we had a day where we were just getting rained out of everything. So we jumped on a plane, we went and watched Beresford work out in a gym, and we talked to him for a while afterwards, and he remembered. He said, man, it seems like yesterday. And and so when when you see a player go from when he was 15, he turned 16, we signed him, and to the journey that he's had to see him uh, out there on the Major League Diamond and know the excitement that he has in his family and it was it was uh, it was great to see and great to be part of. Was that your call solely to to add Beresford to the team? At what point did you make that decision? If so, I think we probably made that decision a few weeks ago. And and you know we talk about a lot of different things. You always, you like to bring up a, a third catcher. You like to bring up an infielder and an outfielder, and then you determine how much pitching you need. And when I looked at the infielders, I thought it made the most sense that this guy's worked hard. He deserves it. He's earned the opportunity. We can, we can find a way to make a spot on the roster for him and get him up here. So, you know, we talked about it, but everyone was in agreement that this was the right thing to do for James. And it was neat seeing the reaction, not just from his current teammates, but guys he played with in the past, whether it was uh, Eric Fryer I saw on Twitter had a, had a great reaction to it. Does he have that makeup? Is he a guy that, because that scholarship, you know, phrase, you got to be careful with that, I would imagine, when, when promoting guys. But, but this one was different? It was different, and, and, you know, there's different reasons for promoting some guys. Sometimes it's a reward for a great season that they've had, even if you don't think they're, uh, you know, quote-unquote a top prospect. But in this situation, I think this is one where, you know, Peter Moylan sent over a bouquet of balloons to him. That's who it was. Okay, we didn't know where the balloons came from, so it was Moylan. Yeah, it was a fellow countryman, and (laughs) and anybody who knows James, he's a very likable guy, and he's a a guy that plays the game the right way. He's Like I say, he's a really good baseball player and a really good person. Do I have it right? Uh, Larry Benisi, who has joined the Twins, he's uh, Rochester's trainer, and he has joined Dave Perumer and Tony Leo the rest of the way. He told me there were only two players all year 
that began the season with Rochester, played the entire year, and then ended the season with Rochester. Beresford won. The other was shortstop Wilfredo Tovar. Is that right, just those two? I can't think of anyone else, to be honest with you. And what, 64 players Rochester had this season? Is it 64 or 61? Regardless the number, is that abnormal? Yeah, that's extremely abnormal, and a lot has to do with what's happened here and injuries and just a lot of movement. Um, it's... And, and look at it this way, and, and, and what a job Mike Quaddy and, and Stu Clyburn and, and that group did down there. Um, un, unbelievable. Chad Allen, who's also up here right now, uh, they did a tremendous job. They finished 18 games over 500, didn't make the playoffs, but to have a revolving door like that and to have the players as engaged and competitive as they were, that's not an easy thing to do in AAA ball because everyone's kind of hoping for that call. There's always disappointment when somebody goes up and it's not you. And you think that you know why wasn't it me? But he kept that that staff kept those guys focused, and, and the players deserve a lot of credit as well for playing as hard and, and as well as they did. At times, do minor league managers, and I guess specifically AAA, maybe even AA, have an issue with guys coming up because how it will impact their current team? Maybe a contending team, a team that's played well, you know, vying for a championship. Isn't it fair to keep this team intact? to win it all do those conversations ever get heated between front office and those uh, minor league managers no not at all and in the great thing up and down our system the, the minor league managers they take great pride in when one of their players is able to move up to the next level because they feel like they and their staff did what did their job they helped them get to that next level and although it can be a difficult thing and that's one of the things that i talked about with when i was in rochester and we did our two-year extension with them um, they really understand that in AAA it's a tough thing. When when players are struggling in the major leagues, they get a player back who's struggling. And when somebody's doing well in AAA and they go to the big leagues, they just lost a, an important part of their lineup. But they understand the way it works. And and so that's why one one of the many reasons they're great partners to work with. And Mike Quaddy's the same way. When I call him, it's like, all right, what do we got today, Rob? <laughs> you know, so... He's, uh, he's been tremendous, and he understands a lot of times we put him in a tough situation where he needs a spot starter. He needs to pull Omar Bencomo out of the bullpen and, and put him in a start. And, and David Hurlbutt, we had to run up there at the end. And, and a lot of guys, you know, like, again, you got to give the players credit, but also the manager who just handles it with with class and professionalism and understands the way it works. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back. More of Inside Twins brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. We're live on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back. Inside Twins brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Corey Provis alongside Rob Anthony. Rob, I was looking at the, the game notes yesterday, and I saw that Trevor Plouffe was put on the 15-day disabled list. Is that an odd move to make when you have September roster expansion to 15-day DL, a guy like Trevor? I think if you go back the last four or five years, uh, it's been very common, not only with us but other clubs, that when a player, if he's not available, you make sure it's indicated because he was put on the disabled list. If there was any time during that 15 days that we thought Trevor might be be able to be, come back and play, we wouldn't have done that. But uh, when you know he's not, it, I think the right thing to do is to put him on the DL, and he's not going to travel with us. Just let him go work, 
and not push himself to the point where he thinks he can come back before he's ready. What's the normal time frame on, on the injury that he has? I would be surprised if he, if he plays again this year. The, the obliques are, are difficult. Um, when you deal with that and you think about all the different ways you use those side muscles, throwing, swinging, in, in baseball, it's it's one of those where I remember Scott Erickson years ago. He's a pitcher who had one, and he was out, I think, about six weeks. It's it's a difficult thing, and you really need to be careful, or it's just an ongoing thing. Trevor's under team control through 2017. Will this offseason be any different compared to last offseason, the conversations that you expect to have with him and his representatives? Uh, every every season's a little unique, and I talked with Trevor for quite a while yesterday, and he talked about what his plans are for the off season and really um, trying to get get himself in shape and everything. But he said he did a lot of different things last year, trying to get stronger, and and he thinks that might have been some of the things that affected some of these injuries. And and uh, so he's going to curtail some of those exercises and in, in, in his preparation. But everybody, every season, you go through roster management, you go through situations, you. You construct your roster, and, and you need to dis- determine what the best fits are. And, and so there's a lot of things we're going to have to determine. Now, speaking of injuries, Trevor May is back. And I had a good chat with him in, in the clubhouse a couple of days back. And he's going to change up his offseason uh, program as well, incorporate Pilates a bit more and do some other things. Where Where is Trevor at? He's going to finish the year in the bullpen. Do you have an opinion as to whether or not 2017 Trevor May is, is a starter or is he back in the bullpen where he was this year? I would love to see him prepare, come into spring training, and earn a spot in our rotation because he has four pitches. I believe he fits better as a starter than a reliever despite the, his ability to come in and throw hard and, and get strikeouts and relief. I believe he can be one of our five starters and give us a chance every fifth day and, and give us a lot of innings. Is it odd that the injury that he's dealt with again this season doesn't seem to come up as a starter, but only problematic as as a bullpen option? Well, there's two different ways you have to go about it. When you have to be prepared every day, there are some things you can't do, uh, whereas when you start, you have your routine. You you start, you make your start, then you have an off day, then you can do different things on that next day, then you have your side session and, and throw in between starts. So it's a different routine than when you have to be prepared to pitch every day out of the bullpen, and I think... I think uh, the routine as a starter is maybe more conducive for Trevor and his body. Now, the run that Byron Buxton has been on, uh, on this homestand, this is maybe what all of us, fans, front office, you name it, have been hoping for. Is something clicking here? It's a small sample, but uh, something clicking here for him? It is a small sample, but you know what? This guy needs confidence. And now I think he, uh, like you and I talked about, uh, he's kind of, trying to eliminate a lot of the noise. He's a guy who's really is a pleaser. He's getting advice from a lot of different people, trying to alter this, change that. And now he, it looks like he's just going up to the plate and he's focusing on competing, getting a hit off that pitcher, doing what he needs to do. And sometimes when you eliminate all the different things and you're not thinking about mechanics or where your hands are or what you're doing with a leg kick, you're just going up there comfortable, you have more success. And I think I'm, I'm really hoping that he can continue this success throughout the rest of the month and go into the off season knowing and understanding what he's capable of. And, and it's also good for our fans who uh, have heard a lot about this guy, and now they're seeing why we're so excited about the potential for him. Final thought before we take our last break. In your opinion, would he be better off playing winter ball? in the Dominican, somewhere in Latin America, or just kind of going back home to Georgia? I, I, I would like to see him go back home, have a good off season, work out, do all the things he needs to do, come in healthy, 
Come in strong and be ready to help us for 162 games next year. One more break. We'll come back, and we're going to put Rob in the commissioner's chair. When we come back, about roster expansion. If you like it, you want to cap it at a certain number, we'll have some fun with that when Inside Twins rolls on next on your home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. All right, last two minutes here with Rob Antony, Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Roster expansion, always a popular topic and debate. All right, Commissioner Rob Antony, uh, for a brief moment, September roster expansion, would you rather it be, say, bring up who you want, but you're going to be able to activate only X amount of guys, whether it's 30 against 30 or 28 against 28, what would you like to see happen? I would like to have a set limit i don't think it's right when somebody brings up and they have 36 players over there and somebody else their triple a clubs in the playoffs or something that you're trying to help them because it's beneficial for some players to play in that situation and develop winners as well as players and they have 28 29 guys and i just think the more the the, the higher the number i know the players association love for everybody to bring all 40 guys up but <laughs> it just you saw it last night. We had a two-to-one game, and at times the game was dragging on because there's a lot of pitching changes, and that's, to, you know, to the manager's credits, they're trying to win the game. It's strategic, but it can also drag the game out and really slow things down. All right, uh, final topic before we uh, end the show today, Cedar Rapids uh, continuing a nice postseason run last night. Yeah, Jake Maurer and his staff there have done a tremendous job. They won the first round of the playoffs. They're uh, up one game to none against Clinton in a best of three. They go back to Clinton tonight and tomorrow if necessary. They get through that. They go to a best of five for uh, the Midwest League Championship. All right, good luck to Jake Maurer and the Colonels, and you're going on the road trip. We'll do this next Sunday from City Field in New York. Sounds like a plan. All right, Rob Anthony, we thank him for his time. We thank you for tuning in on this beautiful Sunday. It is a somber day, a somber day though, across our country. September 11th is going to bring back a lot of sadness, no doubt, but we'll try and have some fun today. Baseball game three coming up, the Twins and the Indians. It'll be Barrios for the Twins and Kluber going for the Tribe. Stay tuned. Chris's pregame show is next right here on your home for Minnesota Twins baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.